0: It's time for another thrilling episode of Meet a Paper Cutter, where we go behind the scenes to, uh, meet paper
1: cutters. Here's your host, Matt Lee. Good morning, good afternoon, good day, wherever you are. Welcome back to episode three of the Meet a Paper Cutter podcast. I'm your host, Matt Lee, and today we've got an especially exciting episode as I sat down with Papercut Talent Manager, Laura Payton. Not only did we get into what life both at Papercut and away from the office looks like for Laura, but we also dived into what makes amazing culture, what it means to be T-shaped, and also included a couple of insider tips if you're thinking Papercut might have the perfect job for you. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Today I'm very lucky to be sitting down with Laura, our talent manager. I've got it right, I've got it right. Um so, hey, Laura, thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Uh, so I think probably a great place to start is maybe introduce yourself. Mm-hmm. What's your role at Papercut? I know I said talent manager, but maybe just give us a little tiny bit about what that goes into and just let us know, when did you join as well? Are you a newbie? Are you-
0: yeah, look, uh, it's not my first job. So I uh, have only been here for about 18 months, um, joined the Melbourne office um, in February of twenty. 20- 18. So been here a little while and started off purely in talent acquisition, which is recruiting all of our new paper cutters, which has been loads and loads of fun. Um, so recruiting paper cutters all across the world, working on things like our employer branding um, and all of um, some more fun marketing stuff as well in terms of who we are as an employer. Uh, talent manager is my role now and I that means I get to work with some of our current paper cutters as well about you know where they're at in the business and what some of the opportunities might be that we have for them. Sounds
1: pretty exciting. It is. And we're going to get into a little bit more on that later. But before we do, um, this is your first trip to the Bracknell office. But I know you've been to our Portland office. You're usually based in our Melbourne office, mm-hmm. if you couldn't tell from our accent. Um, <laughs> maybe you could get, tell us what have you seen as you've gone through the different offices? How do they differ? What do you think oh. of Bracknell versus Portland versus Melbourne? Maybe what's your favourite?
0: <laughs> oh... I don't know that I have a favourite. Melbourne is definitely the hustle and bustle. So we're over 150 paper cutters in the Melbourne office at the moment. Um, And there's just so much going on all of the time and it's always really exciting. And then you go to an overseas office like Portland, which was the first one that I went to only a few months in. Uh, to my journey with paper cut and it's a different vibe but it still feels like paper cut if if you get what I mean it still is very friendly and casual and the people just love what they do but it has its own vibe and Portland as a city obviously has its own vibe um, and the people are just amazing uh, very warehouse kind of feeling that office and then you come to a place like Bracknell and you've only moved in you know almost coming up to your one year anniversary. Congratulations, Bracknell. <laughs> um, and it's ultra modern and, you know, really clean feeling, but fun and airy and bright. And you've got the lovely outdoor balcony space as well, which we're lucky to have in, in Melbourne. So there's some similarities, but definitely, you know, a different vibe and different feel in each of the offices.
1: I think the deck's quite a bit of a highlight in Melbourne, isn't it?
0: It is. Our deck and we have barbecues in the summer months and we all get together which is um a bit of an effort to feed 150 people oh, all at once but we've got um a few keen barbecuers back in Melbourne who make it make it happen.
1: Yeah, I think we've thought about barbecues in Bracknell but the weather often doesn't agree with us so
0: yeah, I've been pretty pretty lucky while I've been here that the weather's been amazing.
1: As I said, you're based in Melbourne, so what maybe you can give us a little picture of what does a typical day look like as a talent manager?
0: First and foremost in the morning, um, I'll check the candidates who have applied for our open positions and make sure that if I can, I update them. Um, Really important when people apply to work at Paper Cut that we keep really open lines of communication. And I think everybody knows what it feels like to be on that other end of an application or an interview process. And Just be wondering what's going on and when am I going to hear from people and what's the next step. So I tried my best to to get back to everybody. Um,
1: I think that's possibly one of the topics I see a lot on mm. social media, especially LinkedIn at the moment. Is people commenting about how they went for a job and didn't hear anything or don't get updates. Or I've even seen cases where they say the person's gone somewhere else because Mm. they didn't get any updates. And then eventually, it's like, oh, we to offer them the job and. Oh, they've gone somewhere else because they didn't hear anything.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really difficult thing for some uh, companies to manage when you have a large volume of applications. Something that I really enjoy about my job at Papercut is that we're a little bit of an unknown Um, in in some of the markets where we have offices and where we're looking for new employees. So when people see our advertisements online and they get a glimpse into our culture by researching us, they get really excited to apply. And we have some really passionate candidates who most often, you know, more often than not have never heard of us. Um, So we want to treat them with the respect that they gave us and all of the effort that they put into their application and we want to get back to them and let them know that we value their time and, you know, that they've spent applying to us because we're not, you know, a well-known employer, you know, like some of the other tech companies in Melbourne that we're up against. We really value that they've taken the time to apply for paper cut. so I get back to them as soon as I can.
1: So start your day with... Candidates. Applications. Yes. Where does it go next?
0: Uh, often it will go towards uh, helping others on the people and culture team with whatever we've got going on, usually some projects around either um, updates to our ways of working at PaperCut, so how all of our teams interact with one another and how we organise our work. Uh, I have a generalist HR background, so I haven't always been in recruitment, so I, I feel really lucky that I can contribute to you know, the experience of PaperCutters you know, as well as bringing Bringing in new paper cutters. Uh, we have a really great team uh, in people and culture. We're based in Melbourne as well as uh, here in Bracknell and we also are looking to have someone in our Portland office as well. So a lot of the time we'll have meetings that span across different time zones, chatting to people, uh, making sure that we understand what they need, uh, what they're looking for and keeping up to date with all of the communications that are going on and, and making sure that everybody's happy
1: awesome Mm. so we get to five o'clock it's a friday you're out for the weekend Mm. and then i'm sure there's many hobbies that take up your life outside of paper cut Mm. and i've been reliably informed or maybe not so reliably that um you're a bit of a fan of rally driving
0: (laughs) well i don't know if i'm the fan of rally driving uh i am very fortunate enough to have a partner who is a little bit of a thrill seeker and when we met I made sure that he was not into football or cricket (laughs) (laughs) Uh, those things I don't really have the patience for but watching him out in the forests in all over Victoria in Australia wherever we can get to an event he'll participate and he loves what he does and I love being out in nature and And, you know, watching them all compete and it's something that I never thought that I would be involved with, but I'm very happy to support him in that.
1: And I'm told you've got a bit of a competitive nature. (laughs) I've been reliably informed by a couple of people to ask you about the story about the barefoot lawn bowls. (laughs)
0: I wouldn't even say that that's my most competitive. um. Although someone did also
1: say the 20th anniversary of Papercut as well. Okay, that's a
0: really good one. So if you had asked me before I joined Papercut if I was competitive, I would have been like, no, absolutely not, not a competitive bone in my body. Something was unleashed in me last year around about uh, Christmas time, so in December we were coming up to our 20th anniversary of PaperCut the product, and we ran this wonderful competition where you had to answer a lot of questions about the history of PaperCut, and it was kind of like our very own PaperCut trivia. And we were all placed mm-hmm. into teams. Now, I, I think to the it was it was positive for the team. Decided to take on a little bit of a team lead role and we very uh, quickly and swiftly uh, answered as many questions as we could and then I began bargaining with other teams for their answers and we were trading answers and I was doing my best to find Chris and other members of the leadership team and double check all of my answers and we won. Uh, We won the quiz and uh, it was definitely a lot of hard work. And many people would say that I let my day job you go go to one side <laughs> for a couple of days to do that, but I assure you that it was mostly project management, and that I was still <laughs> I was still very much keeping up with my day job. Um, and the barefoot bowls, the lawn bowls, that uh, story that you may have heard about, we we all won that day. I actually think the score was even, and my team was probably saying that I was a little bit frustrated by that because (laughs) I do, I do like to be a part of a winning team, but I'm lucky that, um, I'm part of a winning team most days. So my competitive spirit is, uh, it's, you know, I'm able to be fulfilled in terms of my competitive nature most days.
1: Cool. So I think the other thing I was told, you know, maybe you might want to avoid it, but talking about your love of all things mushrooms.
0: Oh, wow. You've really (laughs) dug deep here. So I don't eat meat. Okay. And sometimes that makes it difficult for people to take me out to breakfast or take me out to lunch. We have a very good breakfast culture in Melbourne. Um, We have our we brekkie on a Friday morning. You've got similar in in uh, Bracknell with scummy eggs and we have similar in Portland as well. Now, I don't eat meat and I hate mushrooms. So a lot of people say that I make it very difficult for myself to be able to eat on a daily basis. But I assure you there are plenty of good foods out there that do not involve stinky, stinky mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, okay, so maybe you don't love mushrooms. Maybe I got that wrong. But I do know that you're a bit of a fan of Pilates and going to the gym as well. Or maybe you're not a fan of going to the gym, but you do go to the gym. (laughs) Yes. Um, So I know paper cuts put a couple of things in place to help support people and their love of Pilates or gym or whatever it happens to be. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, so... Actually, one thing that I didn't mention that I get to do in my job, which I really love is engage with our local community, especially in Camberwell, where we're located, we are surrounded by different businesses and and different shops. Um, So I I go out and I engage with them and I talk to them about our wonderful paper cutters that we have just on the corner, you know, willing customers of, uh, you know, potential customers for all of these businesses. And we're able to negotiate some, some pretty good discounts that we like to call our, our paper cut perks. And yes, I may have a vested interest in ensuring that local Pilates studios, local gyms, personal trainers are, are on that list. So I am also very fortunate that I'm able to organize my day around getting Getting Pilates in the gym in during the day because um, I'm neither an early bird nor a after work um, workout type of person. So yeah, I go most lunch times either across the road to the Pilates studio or or down to see a personal trainer, and it's a really great way to break up the day as well and and keep focused. I have kind of like a first half and a second half of the day.
1: And how supportive are paper cut in? give being flexible with you to allow you to do that?
0: Oh, I'm not the only one. I am one of many people who switch into their active wear halfway through the day. Uh, we've got Damien in our technical services team who, you know, very, very well, uh, who runs, uh, every single lunchtime. I I don't think I ever see him not running at lunchtime and we have many others. We've got our, we soccer, uh, group who go down and play soccer on a Tuesday we've even got one of our very own paper cutters who's a yogi and uh, Jess uh, teaches yoga uh, a class in paper cut every Thursday so we're very supportive of, of people making sure that they they have that balance and I really appreciate appreciate that about paper cut
1: I'm gonna go back to your first day at paper cut um, I'm hoping you can remember a little bit about what it was like the first day you walked in. So maybe you could just paint a picture for us, um, what yeah. you what happened on your first day.
0: Well, I remember that I wasn't nervous, which I think is a a really big testament to the culture, at paper cut and to the interview process. You know, I the interview process was already fantastic before I came along, and I already felt at home. Um, I'd already been into the office and met a couple of my colleagues the week before I already knew where I was sitting, uh, how to get into the building, already had my access pass. And I just felt at home straight away. And I remember sleeping soundly the night before, not being very nervous, as I said, and just ready to get into it and ready to get going. The only thing that I noticed straight away was that I did not have enough casual clothes in my wardrobe to sustain a full week at paper cut. So I very quickly had to go out on the weekend and buy a few more pairs of jeans and t-shirts and sneakers and make sure that I fit in the week after.
1: So I think both of us have a great appreciation for Gary Vaynerchuk and mm-hmm. um, does an amazing job on every social platform you can think of, um, has done an amazing job of building his own personal brand. Yes. Um, And one of the quotes that stood out to me that he says is that the most important thing for your speed, your company, your service is internal culture. And I know culture plays a massive part at Papercut, so Mm -hmm. maybe you could talk a little bit about what makes a great company culture.
0: Yeah, well, I think I might be a little bit biased working for the people and culture team, but... Culture is incredibly important in any organization. You can have a bunch of brilliant people who are really intelligent and really fabulous at what they do, but if they fundamentally don't enjoy being there or they're not supported with the tools or the systems um, or even the, the values of the organization to allow them to be successful, then they're going to find it hard or they're going to find it frustrating and the one thing that I really appreciate about Cart is that we're incredibly fast paced. One of our core values is to be nimble, but we do it in a really caring way, which is another one of our core values. And we care about one another and we care about not only the success of the business, but of the individuals who work within our business as well. So kind of going back to what I was saying about my first day, I already felt at home because It is a a very family vibe and a lot of that has to do with leadership and I think that that's why I appreciate Gary like you do. He is a really strong leader. He's a no BS leader, which I think is really important as well. You know, say it how it is. Be honest with people. I've just actually sprouted our third value just there. Um, Be honest with people and... If you care about them then they'll they'll return that care for you and i really appreciate people like chris and matt our two co-founders and the rest of our leadership team who are always available for people and who really do care about the success of the individuals a lot of the feedback that i get from candidates and you'll you'll hear it from any of the the people that you you know speak to who have joined over the last um, twelve months or so. Especially is that we're really honest in in our interview process, and what you see is what you get. We're changing rapidly, and we're growing rapidly, and that's fantastic. But you need to prepare people for that, and you need to let them know what they're coming into. And that's something that we really focus on in our interview process is preparing people for what they're what they're signing up for. Uh, and that way they come in super excited and ready to get started. And without our company culture, um, I think it would be hard to motivate people to keep driving forward, but it's easy at paper cut. Everyone just wants to to you know keep the success moving forward and, uh, you know, we can all contribute in our own way and it's really clear as to how we can all contribute.
1: So how important then is it when we're looking for people to join the team that they fit in to that culture?
0: It's important that they fit in. It's also important that they add to it. So one of the questions that we ask every candidate, so here's the inside scoop for anyone who, who might be wanting to apply, is we ask them how would they describe our culture back to us? Now this is usually for context after they've already had a few conversations with us and we've been able to give them quite a lot of information. So the first thing that we're looking for is what have they noticed? What have they been drawn to about our culture and what's getting them excited about the opportunity? So that helps us understand whether or not they're someone who's going to align with a lot of our, our, our culture and our values and, and systems that we have in place already. But then we also ask them what they're going to add to the culture should they join. Now, they always think the first question is a doozy. But when I get to that one, they're always, you know, like, oh, my goodness, I, I don't even know how to answer this, but we give them a moment and, and they often come back with something brilliant that we didn't know about them or that we wouldn't have uncovered um, with any other type of question in the interview process. So we're a collective of unique individuals. So there's a strong element of needing to fit in, but there's also a really important element of adding something and making us more diverse and, and making us um, an even more unique uh, place to work.
1: So there's more than likely probably someone listening to this who is thinking that, oh, uh, this sounds like a great place. This is somewhere I want to go and work. Mm-hmm. Let's go and see what openings they've got. Um, when they're looking, what maybe you can paint a picture. What does, I don't like to say the typical paper cutter look like, mm. but what um, what should people be thinking about if they're looking looking to think they want to join paper cut? Mm. what what are the, some of those things they should think about?
0: I think, first and foremost, regardless of what company you're applying for, you should ensure you know what you want because it's a two way street. We might be looking for someone with a particular skill set or particular experience, and you might really want to work for Paper Cut, and that's great. But we're more interested in knowing what drives you and what gives you purpose. And what you're excited to do, you know, with your skills and your experience. And we may not have the perfect role for you right now, but would absolutely, you know, keep you in mind for something that might come up in the future. If you do see a role that you connect with and that you think that you'd be perfect for, then you need to stand out from the crowd. And you need to make sure that your personality shines through because, Unfortunately, we haven't really gotten past, you know, the old CV or resume as of yet. We're definitely looking at more LinkedIn and more social media type um, networks to to reach out to people and to connect with them, um, more, you know, talent communities and and the like. But at the end of the day, I'm most likely reading your name and your CV and your answers to some pre-screening questions that we ask and if you stand out and you have passion and you are clear on what your purpose is, then we're going to connect with you and we're going to reach out and we're going to want to chat further even if you don't tick every box that's on our requirement list.
1: Um, so we've talked there about new people looking to join Papercut, but I think part of your role as a talent manager also sits with growing the people that are already within Papercut. Um I think one of the things the company tries to do is get a person into a position where they're going to shine and we don't try to stick to the um, hierarchical structure that mm. means, you know, you're a, you're a, let's say, a junior developer. That means that your next step has to be a senior developer, which means your next step has to be this. And at some point, that means you have to be a people manager. Mm. Um, I think you can see a lot that, not everyone makes the perfect people manager. People have different skills and some people can get extremely frustrated when mm-hmm. they're put in a role that it's like, well, that's your next step. That's where you have to go. And that's maybe not where they want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do and um, what are the company doing to try and get people in the right place for their skill sets? And, and um, how does that sit? Does that mean... We've, took, we've mentioned we don't follow that hierarchical mm. structure. So maybe you can talk about that a little bit more as well.
0: Yeah, I think we're going through a really interesting journey at Papercut at the moment, you know, going from a small organisation where everyone is able to be a part of every discussion, sitting in the same room, consulting with one another and everything that's going on, to several offices later. We're now over 200 employees, we're in, you know, Five or six different countries, um, dealing with customers and partners all over the world. We're, we're now in a much more complex environment. And what we're trying to do is provide opportunity for everyone, regardless of where they sit within the organization. And we are doing a lot of work, and not me, but many other people, uh, you know, working on how we organize ourselves and our ways of working. And what my role in, in that is to keep people visible. So having conversations with our existing people managers, um, our leadership team, um, our people who are running initiatives or or running groups within the organization, and to discuss the talent that we already have and to make sure that we're looking at any untapped potential, that we're looking at any of our rising stars or or any of our people who fundamentally just have a lot of skills and knowledge and, and what do we do and How do we make sure that, you know, they're happy so we don't lose them selfishly, but also that they're still growing and developing and then we're identifying opportunities for them to contribute more broadly across the organization. So that's really exciting. And I feel really grateful to be a part of those conversations and to ensure that we're looking across the organization and not just up and down, which is, I suppose, typically been the the standard way of, of looking at progression in a company.
1: Yeah. So I think as well, some people can look and say, well, I need to fill role X Mm -hmm. and maybe they think the easiest way to do that is, well, I'll go out and find someone externally and, oh, look, I could go after someone that has the absolute perfect skill set to do that job. Mm -hmm. Um, Why would you say it's important that maybe that's not the possibly the best route and that looking Mm -hmm. internally should always be the first place to look.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think our people invest so much time into us and to our success. And sometimes it can be a bit of a throwaway comment that we should invest in our people. But I truly believe that we should. And the context and the understanding that our current paper cutters have paired with the empathy that they already hold for our customers, for our channel, um, you know, all of our partners across the globe can mean that they can contribute greatly in a role that they may never have done before. And we have many other specialists within the organisation who can coach them and mentor them and bring them up to speed in the areas that they may be lacking, you know, on paper. And we can also make way for people to come into the organisation externally in other places, really passionate about our internship program that we run with Swinburne University in in Melbourne and we've got our team looking at doing similar things in Portland and and I hope that in the EMEA region here in Bracknell we'll be able to do something like that. So Chris um, and I and many others in the organisation are really passionate about bringing people in very early on in in their STEM career, um, increasing diversity, gender diversity, um, all you know, people from all walks of life to come into STEM, because diverse teams are the most successful teams, and I think that that is the same reason why we should look at our own paper cutters, because just because somebody doesn't look like they they're right on paper and they may not have done this exact role before doesn't mean that they don't have the potential to do that role and actually be really successful in it.
1: I think that touches on a topic that I know Chris, our CEO, talks about a lot about people being T-shaped. Yes. touch on that maybe?
0: T-shaped. Well, T-shaped is something that I also agree is an important part of contributing a lot of value to the organization that you work at because we can be specialists in our chosen field and we can have expertise in that field. But if you fundamentally don't understand the business that you're working for, then there can be limits to how you can contribute with that expertise. For me, for example, I'm not an engineer, but I really love working with engineers. I find them, you know, very passionate about what they do. They're deeply technical, which, you know, I am not deeply technical, but I can appreciate, you know, the technical side of things and, and how much, um, time and energy they've put into learning these, these fantastic skills. Now, when I speak to a candidate I don't want to just give them a high level understanding of of what paper cut is and and who we are. I want to actually be able to talk to our technical stack. I want to be able to talk to our approach to building product. Um, I want to be able to talk to the way that we organize our teams around different customer needs and different opportunities that we see that exist in the market. And I want to be able to talk about emerging technologies and how we're working with new technologies and what they are and get into detail so that i can fill them with confidence that we are a product company and that we are working on exciting things and that you know we're not just all all chat all speak so i think that that is something that adds a lot of value to my role and is an example of how I like to be a little bit more T-shaped. So when I am going out to, to candidates to talk about these different roles, even though I don't work in those roles and even though I don't have that particular expertise, I still have a basic understanding and I'm able to talk to it. So I'm really generalizing my knowledge across the organization. And then my specialist skills um, are my recruiting and my human resources skills. And it makes it really easy to talk to people across the organization if if you know what's going on and and you're keeping up to date with what's going on with the product, what's going on in the channel um, and what's going on in in terms of our industry and, and our
1: marketplace. So I think we're just about coming up to time. So I've got one last question for you to finish up. Um, so if if you had to give one piece of advice for anyone that's interested in joining PaperCut, what mm-hmm. would that what would that be?
0: Cheekily, it would be submit a cover letter, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, one piece of advice would definitely be to ask yourself why do you want to work for PaperCut. I and um, understanding that sometimes people just need a new job. Um, if you're running away from something, which can be common, you know, there's there's jobs out there that people don't particularly enjoy and that, that happens. But if you're running away from something, know what you're running to. Know the reason why you want to join Papercut over any other company out there. And if, you, if there's other companies you're still interested in, great, keep your options open. Um, but why Papercut? And, and be able to articulate that to yourself and then and then to us, because we are a really passionate bunch of people, and we really appreciate when we see that passion come through. Um, you know we have this throw throwaway line, which is a little bit of a joke that became too serious, uh, which was uh, where we're one of the most exciting companies in the most boring part of IT.
1: <laughs> I've heard that so many times. <laughs>
0: And in actual fact, it's a big reality. You can wonder to yourself, how can I get excited about print management? How can I get excited about this industry? Well, get excited about the value you can add. Get excited about what your purpose is and get excited about, um, you know, the opportunities that could, could come out of working for a global product company like Papercut.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks so much for sitting down with me. I've, I've learned a lot if, <laughs> and I'm hoping everyone listening has as well. So thank you so much for sitting down and, um, we'll, uh, catch you on the next one.
0: You're very welcome. Thank you.
1: If you've missed an episode of me to paper Cutter, check out the paper cut blog at blog.papercut.com. And to make sure you don't miss out on the next exciting installment, make sure to follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook.